Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 575, with guest John Hyatt from December 11th, 1997, a Thursday night show. The source on this one is a spinfly tape, which sounds amazing, with some Toby Dog patches uh, for the brakes. Uh, we had an incomplete version of this from uh, the old Toby Dog transfers, which overall are a bit of a mystery altogether as well. Who recorded what? Who transferred what? It's a very confusing batch of tapes with some varying sound quality. Uh, it was about an 80-minute show, roughly. Matthew took out uh, some junk, about 70 minutes of the show. And then we got a spin flight tape a few years ago, which is the complete episode. The man, the myth, the legend, John Hyatt, appears on Loveline after much campaigning by Adam. It turns out to be very interesting and great to hear Adam act like a fan. Adam gets very fanboy-y, and it's one of the only times you get to hear that uh, on any of his shows. He has John sign the CDs, other things come up. Really good episode. The next two episodes, uh, 575 and 576, are kind of all about John Hyatt. After much campaigning and almost begging, in 2008, we were able to get him to return to Adam's world. He came back uh, and visited the Adam Carolla show on KLSX, and he played a song live, stuck around for a couple breaks. Since then, he has called in and done some phoners on Adam's podcast. And as for episode 574, that's either a no-guest episode or it has Jamie Kennedy uh, promoting Scream 2. It's still a lost episode missing from the archive. That was the one in between Portia de Rossi and the John Hyatt episode. Still searching to see if we can find any scraps of it. Nothing yet. If it comes up, I will be posting it in the feed. Until if and when that happens, it seems to be lost forever. And as per usual, this is recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all fair podcasts. Mahalo and get on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. LVE191, fax number 310-854-4455. My um, heart is is beating like a uh, like a rabbit getting um, being being pleasured orally. Hmm. I uh, I'm really Rabbits excited do that tonight. Kind of thing, huh? I I don't know if they if they get an oral sex or not, but it seems like uh, out of all the animals, they may be the ones to try it. Dr. Drew is a board certified physician and addiction medicine specialist, but enough about him. John Hyatt is here tonight. Now just say hi, and then let me do about five minutes. Hi. Uh, what to say? I've I've been I've waited about twenty years to meet John Hyde. John Hyde is a is an idol of mine. It'd be um, uh, to you he means nothing, Drew, but it'd be the equivalent to you having, let's say, one of your like Bobby Sherman, <laughs> and or one of your idols from uh, from your past. Uh, for me, John Hyde is just that. He, uh, for my money, is the best songwriter who's. Uh, currently still alive and uh 
even better than a lot of guys have passed away. He uh, has been covered by just about everybody, uh, Bonnie Raitt and uh, Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan, Iggy Pop. In my view, does not get the credit that he deserves as a performer. He's uh, known more as a songwriter, but I think all the songs that he then gets covered, uh, he did a better job with originally and can't quite figure out why they don't just play his stuff in the first place instead of waiting for Bonnie Raitt to cover it. But uh, nevertheless, he'll be playing at the El Rey Theater tomorrow night. I am going, and uh, I'm just uh, elated to have John Hyatt here. Gosh, Adam, that's a very nice introduction. I appreciate that. Well, I, uh, you've, you've got me through many a troubled time with your, uh, had with your melodies. Yes, <laughs> that's absolutely. That's why... He's a prolific songwriter to get him through his many troubled <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah, I really should, uh, I sh I should take all the money I, I forked out in therapy over the last uh, ten years and hand it right over to John's record company. Or, right. uh, Just to uh, me direct, it'd be fine. Yeah, I'm sure you'd be in charge of uh, divvying it out. So, it is a thrill. I've tried to get John on this show on a couple of other occasions. Uh, we were like ships in the night. Yeah. John, I don't believe, knew the immensity of my love for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been here sooner. Right, but, you know. right. But uh, it has been like, like uh, two years of foreplay. Yeah. It has been worth the wait, John. Well, I just don't want to be, I just don't want to let you down. I, I, my, my goal in life, uh, one of the few goals uh, besides um, having sex with Adrian Barbeau, is getting people hip to John Hyatt. And I have uh, made many converts over the years. Well, thank I you. have thank uh, you, forced many a girlfriend uh, to listen to you at nauseum. <laughs> I have uh, forced maybe, uh, many a neighbor to listen to you. Um, not really uh, in my house, but uh, sort of through a, the alley yeah. kind of thing. I've turned you on to uh, many, many a friend and many a peer, and uh, after listening to just a little bit of John Hyde, they all become fans, because John Hyde is synonymous with quality, and when people hear quality, uh, they latch onto it and, and run with it. This is something that uh, Drew and I have discussed in art many times, that uh, good will prevail. Good people, will prevail. There's, there's taste, there's demographics, there's age groups, but eventually if you hear it and it's right or you see it and it's right or you taste it and it's right then it's right and that's right and that that you know, will sell absolutely you know it's uh, there's your truth and then there's drew's truth and then there's truth the truth yeah right, right. so right. there you have it. well it's um, i'll give you a little example I've, I've mentioned on the air once before i believe but uh it's what i told my mother one day and this is uh this is why i haven't been over for dinner in a while we were uh, sitting around eating dinner and I said, uh, Mom, the best written show on TV is definitely The Simpsons. And she said, uh, well, that's your opinion, but uh, I happen to think it's something else, and uh, the neighbor thinks it's something else, and someone at work thinks it's something else, and you can't tell me or them that it's the best. And I said, uh, yeah, I can. It, <laughs> it is the best. And she said, uh, no, because it's, um, it'd be uh, subjective, I believe. Which is, uh, to me it is, and to him it is something else. And I said, Mom, look at it this way. There's uh, Monet, and then there's dogs playing poker. <laughs> Just because you happen to be a big fan of dogs playing poker doesn't make it better. It just makes you an asshole. <laughs> and she, she was pissed, but she I, didn't think, like that. I think it's because she knew I was right. Yeah. And that's what well, John, John Hyde is. They say that the truth uh, will set you free, but first it will hurt like hell. So I think that's... 
A- absolutely. I mean, there. Um, you you may be into John Cougar. You may be into Brian Adams. You may be into whoever you're into. But uh, John Hyatt is the real McCoy, and uh, all those guys um, are second uh, playing sucking hind kit, if you ask me. Hmm. All right. You said five minutes. You got it. Thank you. All right. So what we'll do is we'll take some phone calls. We'll uh, hear some stuff off of uh, Little Head, which is uh, John Hyatt's latest release, and uh, we'll. Uh, We'll go on through night, and I'm giddy. Emily. Hi. Hey, you're 13. Yeah. Um, I'm giddy. You don't even deserve to talk to John Hyde. <laughs> Can you believe her attitude, Drew? Let, let her uh, therapy. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, Emily, go right ahead. Um, I'm dating a six-year-old, and I haven't told my parents yet, and he thinks I told them, and I don't know what to do. Um, How do you think they're going to react when you actually do tell them? I don't know. I'll do do be angry. Sure. What, uh, at 13, you're in 7th, uh, 8th grade. Eighth grade? Yeah. And what grade's he in? Um, junior. like a junior. Junior high school. If he hadn't dropped out, what grade would he be in? Huh? He's a junior in high school? Yeah. Oh, boy. Does it... Yeah? Uh, he dropped out of high school? No. He's on, um, academic probation? I don't know. He, he is attending school, as far as you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How'd you guys meet? Um, online. 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 Oh, online. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is uh, this is the danger. It used to be you'd have to actually, you know, burn out in front of the junior high in your El Camino, in order to meet chicks. But now you just do it from the uh, comfort and safety of your own bedroom. Uh, Drew, what do you think about this? Uh, it's a big th- age difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I tell your parents and uh, sort of see what happens. I mean, I think you know that they're not going to react very positively about this. And I think you also know there's a reason for that, right? Emily? Yeah. Will you turn your radio off, please? Yeah. Thank sorry. you. All right. You're right. She doesn't deserve Oh, that, boy. But, I'm sorry, John. But, hey, I have a 13-year-old at home. Yeah. Do you have a 13-year-old? No, what would you do? Well, is it he or she? Well, I'd, I'd, I, would, uh, I would hope it's a she. Yeah, what would and you do? I, well, I don't know. No, I mean, she's dating a 16-year-old. That, yeah, that, that's a huge yeah, difference. Is, although she doesn't perceive it. Here's what we usually tell these folks is that, look, a 16-year-old is dating a 13-year-old. Uh, something's wrong with a 16-year-old. Well, and they, she, although she only knows it as this uh, bigger-than-life guy coming to be interested in her and flattering yeah. her, she thinks it's wonderful. The fact is uh, there's something disturbed about the 16-year-old, and, and, and she has no way of assessing that because she's not even a peer. Well, there you go. But here's, here's the thing. You know, three years uh, is not a big difference later. But, right but at it's, twenty three, it's, it's nothing. But it's, but it's a big difference now. Absolutely. Would, yeah. I mean, Emily, 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 would you date a ten year old? No. Okay, there hey, we go. True, everybody. Uh, using simple math very, to uh, drive his point home. It's I a like rarity. That. I like that, Drew. All right, see. I'll make you look good, to friend, me, John. It's okay. Adam. Please don't embarrass me in front of him. <laughs> How long have I been trying to get John Hyde on this show, Drew? Uh, I've only known you two Since, years. Since uh, the day before I came on, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, if you break it into grades, that's when the point is really driven home. You know, three years is three years, but when you think somebody is in the eighth grade and somebody is you know, getting ready to head into their senior year of high school, yeah. that is when uh, the point really comes across. Emily? Yeah? You can't find a guy who's um, closer to your own age? Not really. I don't know. Well, the, the fact that your parents are going to be PO'd about this is... I don't is... live with my parents. Ooh. Uh-oh. Where do you live? My grandma. Why do you live with your parents? My mom died when I was younger. My dad left when I was younger. Uh, this is why. This is. Do you understand that this 16-year-old... I can't even say the words. Prey? Well, no. He's a jerk, okay? He, he has found a good prey, and he's, a, he's going in for the kill. 
She is a perfect victim, and he is a perfect victimizer, I'm sure. What What about telling Grandma, Emily? My Grandma would freak out. All right, tell you right Good. Now. That's, yeah, that's, that's good. the best thing you've got going for that you. That right means there. she loves you. John would freak out. Drew would freak out. Well, here's the deal. He would wake me up, and then I would freak out if I was a parent. We, what I would want my daughter to do, my 13-year-old daughter to do, I would hope that she would tell me what's going on. That's that's all I can hope for as a parent. I can't. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know that we could come up with a solution. But I do know that if you don't know what's going on, nothing gets figured out. Right. And, and I know for sure that when I was 13, I didn't have any help from parents, and boy, did I need it. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, thank God you didn't because you'd probably be working at some <laughs> mail sorting center and uh, you wouldn't have this big That's stack. That's my day job, here. Adam. <laughs> See, it takes a little pain to create a, a great artist. You've mentioned bro. that many times. Did I tell you how miserable my childhood you know, was? Look at that. Thank you. Kim. Uh-huh. You're 22. Yes, I am. You're on with John Hyde. Hey, Hi. Kim. <laughs> um, I like your music, too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, my problem is that I always date alcoholics. Always. Ah, <laughs> lovely group. <laughs> and so you, your dad and mom was an alcoholic? No, that's the thing. My dad, my mom died when I was five, but mm. she was normal up to that point. Um, Did you have, my, is there yeah. alcoholism in, in the uh, grandparents? No, well, I think there's some alcoholism on her side, but I didn't know her side of the family. So I wonder, I wonder if she, there was some sort of imprinting of her. Uh, how old were you when she died? Five. five. Uh, you know, she may have already been manifesting features of an alcoholic, and that, and you're having lost that would cause you to really go out and pursue that so so diligently and so intensely. So well, I don't know because my dad was really stable, really responsible. I mean, he was a great father, except he was emotionally distant. <laughs> Except for the lack of empathy in the uh, in the regular beatings, he was a jewel. This guy he was a regular Bill Cosby. <laughs> no, he just worked a lot, and I think that it took him a lot of years to get over my mom's death. Yeah, how did she uh, die? Um, cancer. Mm, mm, mm. How yeah. is your dad still around? Yeah. How old is he? Um, fifty-four. Yeah. So. Uh, so we'll just assume that there's some alcoholism or some gene floating around uh, somewhere no, in the I would past. I mean, why would you be drawn to alcohol? Well, well that's, that's the thing, though. Um, all the callers that call in and say this to you guys, there's always an alcoholic father or somebody right. missing or whatever. And in my life, I mean, I've had some problems. I, I have an evil stepmother and whatever, and I was kicked out when I was 16. Yes, there's more than one. Yeah. <laughs> No, there's just the one, but she she makes it around. <laughs> but um, well, I mean, for some reason, you need to go and fix people, and uh, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and whether it's because it's less painful than looking at what you need to fix yourself, or if it's because of some primitive imprint of your mom, you know, and her sort of personality characteristics or biological characteristics that you're looking to reconnect with, whatever it is, it sounds like it's pretty intense. Well, but here's the thing. You guys always say, you know, to the callers that they have to look inside themselves. And um, I've been to Al-Anon. I've been to therapy. Really? I've, been, well, I've that, really worked It's like a singles well. bar to her, Al-Anon. I mean, <laughs> oh, well, actually. And no, what, what, what happened? Al Alcoholics Anonymous, right. actually. <laughs> what, 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 happened, what did you get out of Al-Anon? Um, I really liked the program. I have the books. I read them now did, and then. Did, did you get a sponsor to work the steps, though? Well, I had been in group before that for, um, I had an eating disorder for five years. See, there, there is, 
But wait a minute. Dr hold on a second. Why would she have to work the steps in Al-Anon if we can't trace any alcoholism in her family? No, a a she's not AA Al-Anon. I know. I said codependency recovery. Oh, because she's still codependent. Yeah, but, I mean, whether or not you can track it to specifically a codependent. I thought Al-Anon was for when a family member was dependent well, on a substance. It, it, yes, it's probably, it's, it, it grew out of that need. Or a friend. But it's also a way of managing codependency. There's CODA, too, which is you know, the Codependence Anonymous. Right. But Al-Anon is sort of the, 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 the core group in most communities. And uh, if you actually make the connection with the sponsor and do the steps, it can be quite effective in helping manage and deal with the process that causes someone to behave like this. I'm sorry, what was your name, Amy? Kim. Kim, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict, Kim. Oh, and, I, and I know why you're attracted <laughs> you want to this. <laughs> because we're so darn charming. But... Uh, um, yeah, a good uh, suggestion. Let me tell you an uncanny thing about alcoholics and addicts I deal with is that they have an incredible capacity to identify other addicts. Phenomenal. Uh -huh. Even people have not begun using it. You, you can see it. I know sure. it. I, I, and I'm not, I don't know what you I've never, nobody's ever given me an adequate explanation of what you're seeing, but it's sort of an instinct you have. And I wonder if Kim <clears throat> has developed that instinct by virtue of mom having been so connected with her and so traumatic you removed from her, from her life. All right. Well, Kim. Uh -huh. I don't think we're going to get to the bottom of it right now. Well, but... that's not exactly my question. Oh, no, it was. What exactly is the question? Um, I I want to know how to become interested in another type of guy if this is the type of guy that I've always known. Well, that is your that is the question. You, you got you got to work you got to work on you. I'm afraid. Right. Yeah, I mean, and one of the ways to do it is to force yourself to go out with guys you're not so interested in and see if you can find some some sort of connection and develop that. I mean, it may have the same passion and interest. For, I'm not saying go with somebody you, you think you should be with. I'm saying find somebody who really you seem to have some sort of interest and commonality. Maybe she needs maybe a, have, a, a guy who's in recovery so he still has that skydiving, yeah, compulsive gambling no, she'll, gene. she'll turn him right back into an addict. I swear <laughs> to God she will. Tracy. Listen, my, my wife's an addict, uh, alcoholic as well. And, uh, Hello? Know, hang on oh, a second, Tracy. Go ahead. Yeah. John. Sorry. We, we, uh, you know, we, we really help each other, so it's... It's uh, it's not a bad idea actually. So wait, but yeah. she's got to get serious about it. Or maybe on. Kim should start drinking and then well, kick it and then well, meet a guy and she can have a, a great relationship. And, and get going. Yeah. Right, Tracy. Hey. Hey, you're 18. You're on with the legendary John Hyatt. Hey, Tracy. Oh, God. The guy. You like John Hyatt, or you just heard me yapping about him? Um, just kissing your ass. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's good. Or the, the the kids are getting that's smarter right. and smarter. Oh, listen, I'm trained like seals, John. Yeah. Art, art, art. <laughs> Yeah, so I was reading this article, yeah. and it had a sentence, and it said that in the human hypothalamus, gay men have, there's an area of it, and gay men, it's twice as large as heterosexual men. Yes, there are various uh, correlations, uh, particularly in that region of the brain. Uh, okay, so what I'm wondering is... Um, Oh, wait. oh there, Drew, do you, that, is that obviously. born? Are you, are you born that way, or is that from uh, listening to too much Ethel Merman that it becomes inflamed or something we, somehow? We don't. We assume it is a predisposition. But again, as you and I discuss often, that when it comes to human behavior, it's always a combination of predisposition and environment. Right. It? It's not. You know, even alcoholics, most of them need some inciting influence from the environment or for the disease to manifest. Or, or at least a liquor store nearby, Tracy. Yeah. So, uh, what was the rest of your question? Well, Sorry. I was wondering how could this cause someone to be gay, and have they found this in like gay women? It's not in gay women, and they don't know the, why it's uh, associated with being gay. Hmm. Gay women uh, have enlarged triceps, but I don't believe it's the hypothalamus that's uh, in inflamed. 
And Drew, what what is the hypothalamus good for on like a guy like myself? Uh, basically, it's the command and control center of your entire body. Frankly, it's, it's, it's not, only half. Oh uh, boy, it, 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 straight it is, and stupid. So get over I mean, it. It is an extremely <laughs> complex region of the brain. It, it's basically the interface between the endocrine and the neurologic system. And what do they do then? Uh, they dissect. Um, that are MRIs. Gay men, and they they weigh them, or they uh, check the circumference of you know, the micrometer or something? I haven't read this stuff in a long time, but it was a small nucleus or something in the hypothalamus. I think it was, it might have been MRI scan, something like that. It was not, I don't it, I don't think it was dissection so much. Okay. I think there's rich Corinthian leather involved. <laughs> Tracy? Yeah? Did, uh, do you, does this pertain to anything? No, I, I was just... It really caught my eye. It was just like well, a sentence out of the article, it was, and I've never heard that before. It, oh, no, it, it, there is, there it is. was something that was floating around about five years ago. It, 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 it was very popular, well, a popular it's, notion. It's funny. I heard a therapist the other day. I was at work, and a, a therapist said something to the effect of, uh, we had a patient who was gay, and she was to explain, my mic on? I explained yeah. to her, uh, look, you just have this biology. It's just something that turns on at some point in your life. And, and absolutely no acknowledgement of there being any environmental influence. And I thought, oh, that's interesting that... That uh, there are practitioners out there who who have take the position that it is female so female therapist yeah lesbian that's all. But that you was. know, Tracy, we we are on uh, uh, Drew. Maybe you could back me up on this or tell me I'm wrong. But but we're really just beginning to understand a lot of things oh, yes. about the human brain. Oh yeah, really yes, on yes. the. What would you call it? On the uh, cusp. cusp of uh, a real explosion in uh, that uh, area. Cusp of coming out of prehistory. Really, mm. we've been in just uh, the primordium of an understanding of this instrument that we call a brain. Yeah, what an exciting time, you know. Yeah. Uh, thank God uh, we'll be dead by the time we get up to the using 10% of it. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 do you think that's going to happen? And do you believe in all that, um, you know, you use 7% of your brain or whatever I think whatever that's, the I think that's minuscule BS. number it is? I think that's BS. You figure you use what you got? You use what you need. That's right. You learn, But you learn you can develop more and you can use more. But that's an instrument that is, it's a perfect instrument. It is, and it can be expanded upon, but it's the, the reasons you're only using certain pieces at certain periods of time. Yeah, see, I think I use even less than uh, the average. I think uh, just watching chip reruns and uh, eating uh, funyuns till four in the morning has uh, lowered my capacity. But a guy like John Hyatt, here's a guy who uses not only his brain but the brains of others. I'll tell you to I, create that kind of magic I, that he does. I've been known to share a, a brain cell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to go to break. We'll come back. We'll hear something uh, off of uh, Little Head, which is John Hyatt's latest CD. I guess Fourteenth. Um, My God, I think it is. Does yeah. that include the uh, John Hyatt has a lot of, or at least um, he's had some other sort of outside projects and stuff like that, and collaborations, and uh, also has a Songs of John Hyatt CD out, where uh, a lot of the uh, folks I named earlier uh, cover John Hyatt's song. To, to, um, to the best of my knowledge, there's just one of those so far. Is that as true? As far as I know, yes. Okay. Well, we'll uh, hear more from John, more from you, and more from Drew after this. John, the voice is your... All right, everybody. True Car, you know how much I love these guys and their app. I spend uh, a lot of time on it, and it's a way to see exactly what's going on in your area. You pick a car, learn about the cars, and see what people are paying for the very car, the exact car you want. You know, there was previous ways to buy cars. You went and hang out on a lot. Now technology evolves. Everything evolves. Buying cars evolves. It advances. It makes sense that there's a new and better way to buy a car. Well, that's now called True Car. The True Car app, it's special, unique. Their certified dealer network is 
unsurpassed. They've partnered with over 10,000 True Car certified dealers that believe in a new way to buy a car. It's hassle-free. It's easy. It's fun. Use the True Car app. You can get guaranteed savings. True Car certified dealers will honor the savings that are guaranteed and locked in at True Car on your True Car app. It is that simple. True Car and True Car certified dealers. And using True Car certified dealers, you will save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. No headaches, no hassle. It's fun. And if you don't even want to buy a car, you just want to learn about it, check out the app. Two million cars sold through True Car certified dealer network, and you will work directly with the certified dealer contact. It is easy. It's evolved. It's technology. It's made simple. It's about time. Hello, that is Dr. Drew. This is Loveline, 1-800-LVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. Tonight, our guest is the reason I got into radio besides uh, the chicks and the money, John Hyatt, legendary performer and songwriter. Sorry about the chicks and the money, Adam, but, yeah. but I'm here. You've delivered. All right. uh, John will be found at the uh, El Rey Theater tomorrow night, um, going on stage you see, the show starts at 8. There's an opening act. Yeah, I would say 9-ish. Nine 9-ish. Nine you know, ish. And um, John, I have seen in acoustic settings. Just uh, saw him at McCabe's, which is a uh, very small guitar shop out in Santa Monica, not far from here. Probably holds uh, 45, 50 people. Roughly. I saw John, and uh, John opened for someone there, so things were, <laughs> things were going well for him back then. No. Yeah. Um, I saw him there uh, just doing a uh, all-acoustic set. I've uh, seen him at the Greek. I've seen him at the Wiltern. And uh, if I had a van, I would have seen you in other places wow. around the country. Like a deadhead. Yeah. And I, I, can, I can tell you, uh, John Hyatt is, uh, writes great songs, uh, makes great CDs, but uh, you have not experienced John Hyatt until you've uh, experienced him in person. Just a uh, great performer. Great presence and uh, a guy who can uh, really belt out a song and a guy who has something behind his songs. You know, I'm, you try to break it down sometimes. Stop for yourself for a second there, Drew. You know, what is it? Is it the lyrics? Is it is it the voice? Is it the playing of the instrument? But sometimes there's just that certain something that uh, intangible, that, that thing that comes from experience, that comes from pain, that comes from tra tragedy, that comes from uh, wherever it comes from. But John seems to possess that and uh, comes out through his music. Well, thank you, Adam. It's a pleasure to be able to do it. I'll tell you that it's, you know, to be able to do what you love doing is uh, no, no mean, no small feat in this day and age. So I'm grateful. I'm just thinking, uh, Adam loves publicists. There are probably just dozens of publicists listening to him light tonight. Tonight, wax on and sell you. They're going to come to him and expect the same for their band. Absolutely. Can you imagine how you're going to react when they swarm around you? You don't do that. You don't do like this for they, everybody. They didn't. They didn't, they didn't yeah. know he could sell like this. No. They've had a taste of it now. They're going to be looking for it. No. It drove you. If you ever seen me uh, you wax on this way, I've heard. You, I've heard you complain on like this. Ooh. Right. I usually just complain. I'm usually just one big sack of complaints. Yeah. But uh, not tonight because uh, my. Uh, can I call you my friend, John? <laughs> I'd be. I'd be I'm proud for you to call me your friend. Adam. My friend John Hyde is in studio. We will uh, hear something off a of little head, which is uh, John's latest CD. This is a uh, song I happen to like off the CD. You got it queued up there, Engineer Mike. It's called Pirate Radio. <laughs> Oh, 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 
Little Head's the name of the CD. Pirate Radio is the name of the song. I uh, brought in my uh, 13 or so John Hyatt CDs. The museum. Yeah, it really is. And uh, look at those babies, too. The, uh, those babies have been worked. That's not. They uh, haven't been sitting around on your shelf. No, it's not like I just ripped the cellophane off of these babies. They have posters. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's uh, some mileage on those babies. All right, let's get back to the phones. Sarah. Hi. Hey, you're 29. I certainly am. I called to speak to your guest, John Hyatt, but first I want to thank you guys for entertaining me for the last two years. I've been listening pretty much to Adam since you started on the show. And I just want Drew to know, it's not just Adam that thinks John Hyatt is a god. I as well. Hey, all right. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> well, you're Did most you welcome. tell my wife that? <laughs> <laughs> Give me her number. I'll, I'll call her right up. <laughs> uh, Drew, uh, yeah. John Hyatt, he's a songwriter's songwriter. That's what Adam tells me. It's true. It's true. He, what, what, what does that mean exactly? Well, that means that uh, people that are songwriters believe that you're a god. <laughs> yeah, I think John is... Um, the uh, John Q. public may not be as aware of him as the industry is. Sure. And I think if you uh, cornered any, um, you know, record guy, well, not record guys, they're vermin, um, <laughs> uh, other songwriters, other uh, people in the industry, other legends. Well, that's what I you're mean, uh, songwriter, songwriter. Yeah, the, the Bob Dylans and the Bonnie Raitts are fans of uh, John Hyatt. That's exactly what I'm saying. Right. Okay. And this is Bonnie Ray calling. You're my comedy god. So. Right. Well, I'm the comedian's uh, comedian. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, absolutely. Are. Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually wanted to ask uh, John Hyatt uh, what what he thought is um, uh, best song or favorite song <laughs> that he wrote. Or... Sarah, you're, you're reading uh, Adam's mind here. I'm he sorry, was, Adam. In, during Adam, the break. I he... was going to fax you months ago and say, could you please have John Hyatt on? And then all of a sudden, the next Next week, you're saying John Hyatt's going to be here. Really? Well, I, I've happens. been I've been trying for a while. It's just it hasn't. Uh, we haven't been able to confirm it yet, and um, I, I didn't want to say anything until we could confirm it. But uh, I did find out last week, and um, I immediately started gushing. My heart's been all a flutter all day long. Wow. I kid you not. Wow. I knew I was going to call in. Well, you know the thing. Um, let me let me tell her what I think your favorite song is, if you don't mind, John. I don't know, but Adam knows. Uh, All right, go ahead, Adam. Well, I was just asking this during the commercial, and the thing that it, it appeared to me while I was asking it is, is it sort of depends what kind of state you're in. Yeah, are, so I, you I, know, I imagine are, you connected with that song around the time of that that person that dumped you down at uh, the SC sorority. <laughs> oh, learning how to love yeah. you? Yeah. Am I right? Well, Liz, yeah. If, if you just got dumped and it's a Saturday night and uh, you're done with TV and there's nothing but the big Indian head on there or the American flag and you're feeling, you're feeling pretty... Oh, they don't do that? <laughs> Please, Drew, give me some creative license, would you, you bastard? <laughs> then it's this song. And if you're driving and uh, you just got laid or you just got a raise or uh, your wife just had a kid, then it's, then it's that song. And uh, and it's like different songs for different occasions That's and right. different we moods. We've songs for all occasions. <laughs> but you know, uh, Sarah, I would, I would, I think I will go on record as saying that "Have a Little Faith in Me" is probably yeah one of my favorites. Wow! I, I think I think I we should hear that tonight too. And, by the way, yeah, put that one on. I think people will recognize it from other places as well. Yeah, who? Oh, that's John Hyatt. That's who he is. Who who covered that? Um, it's not a commercial. Yeah, so I've been told. It's like, like Ronnie Millsap or something? Uh, Joe Cocker, uh, Jewel. Um, who else has done that song? And uh, also, I've heard a few John Hyatt songs pop up in a movie soundtrack or two, such as uh, True Lies, 
the uh, Schwarzenegger-Jamie Lee Curtis movie, during the scene where they're in the hotel room and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis does her uh, famous strip tease uh, for, for Schwarzenegger, there's a uh, there Alone in the Dark, I believe, is uh, John Hyde's song that is playing was, uh, during that. That was quite a thrill for me. Don't you know? I mean, as you can well imagine. Yeah, because it's the it was the biggest movie of the year. Well, just Amy Lee and Jim, and Jimmy Lee, Lee Curtis, Curtis is that ass and being affiliated with your songs. music. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, wow. so, Sarah, are you done gushing? Uh, should I pick up the ball and gush? Or? I'm I'm pretty much done gushing, but I do have one more question. Okay. Does, does John have any uh, any helpful hints? I'm a fledgling songwriter myself, and does he have any uh, words of wisdom he could depart? Well, I <clears throat> I would definitely recommend just following your muse, you know, and writing what you want to write, not trying to write uh, what you think other people want to hear. Okay. Um, you know, that old, the corny thing about being true to yourself, I think, really applies here. And, um, and trying to get your brain sort of out of the way is something that I struggle with. Um, you know, and that's that's the part of me that 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 tries to write something I think somebody would like to hear, <laughs> rather than you know writing something because it's got to come out. Right. Okay. Sarah. Yeah. Be true yeah. to yourself uh, for about three years and then start selling out if that ain't putting uh, bread on the table. <laughs> I think that was the uh, subtext there. I know John didn't want to say this. Scenario. Well, or you could buy in. You know, I I tried selling out. <laughs> they, um, I'm gonna buy in. Now. Let's uh, sell this. You want to sell this one, uh, Drew? Right. Uh, Lisa. Yeah. You're 17. Yeah. Uh, just tell us your problem, then we'll go to break. Um. Yeah. I have a really good friend who has a crush on me, and I kind of like him too. But he has a really bad drug situation going on. I don't know if I want to deal with that or not. Okay. Uh, fair enough. We'll go to break, and when we come back, we'll all converge on Lisa's problem. Why? I don't think they're aware of how much they. I'm Matt Rather from the Overthinking It podcast, now at podcastone.com. On Overthinking It, your smart, funny friends from the internet talk about, well, does it really make economic sense for the Death Star to blow up Alderaan? As Grand Moff Tarkin, you got to ask yourself, is it a debtor planet or is it a creditor planet? And the problem with blackmail is like you really need to come in and talk to, to Bell Organa and say, like, you know, this is a nice planet you've got here. It'd be a shame if someone were to shoot a giant laser into the core and explode it. Overthinking it. Download it now at podcastone.com. Hey, this is Iggy Pop, and you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Iggy Pop. What song did Iggy Pop cover of yours? Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Osterbrook did um, Something Wild. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Did a bang-up right, job. Uh, too. Perfectly good guitar. That's right, and it was on his album, Brick by Brick. Wow. I wish... he's, a, he's a fabulous, get a fabulous version. That guy's a, he's a brilliant, brilliant man. It's a good song for him. It's a high-energy yeah. kind of rock and roll tune. And I wish I'd known about it whenever we had uh, Iggy on. Jeez, it's probably been about a year and maybe more since he uh, knocked me off uh, stage when I brought him out in uh, Minnesota. I think he's got a lot of energy when yes, he gets to the stage. Yes, he does. He, uh, he uh, goes somewhere else. Yeah, uh, he does. Absolutely. Uh, he is uh, in a uh, zone like a prize fighter entering a ring. Absolutely. I saw him uh, perform in uh, 1971 or two down in Nashville at a club, and he was crawling across cut glass and slicing himself up. And yeah. Oh man. He's um. He's a, he's a he's a he's a wonderful. Uh, 
artist, great songwriter, yeah, he's, great performer. He's somewhere between a um, a ferret and a yogi. He has the concentration <laughs> of the uh, oh, I see of a yogi, oh, but see. the the mobility and dexterity of a ferret. Indeed, and uh, could just uh, probably crawl right up your pant leg and come out your sleeve. <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, interesting guy. And uh, another interesting guy, John Hyde, is our guest tonight. Phone number, 1-800-LOVE-191. And we may go three hours tonight, Drew. What do you think? Uh, we may go three hours without Drew. Lisa. <laughs> hey, what's up? You're, uh, you're 17. Yeah, um, I have a really good friend. He's, you know, just a total sweetheart. And I found out recently that he has a big crush on me. But the, I mean, I could like him back too, you know, and have a relationship with him. But the problem is, he's, you know, into drugs quite a bit, and what's he doing? He's doing meth and you know, ecstasy and all that stuff. And how old is he? He's eighteen, and he's the sweetest person. But it just hurts me so much to watch him do that to uh, himself. Uh -huh. And I don't know if I could handle it. And I don't know if I should like say, you know, dangle a carrot in front of his face. You know, if you stop this, you know, I could have a relationship with you. But I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't uh, know. That's not a carrot you're dangling in front of his face, yeah, Lisa. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I don't want to try and change him and blah, 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 blah. So I'm kind of confused on what to do. Yet your instinct is to kind of change him, isn't it? Or to assume that by, by so-called dangling that carrot, you could change him. Yeah, yeah. He might be able to get it together for a while, but fundamentally he will yeah. not have changed and he will get back to his drug of choice, I promise. Mm -hmm. so, so your instincts on this are pretty healthy, I'm afraid. Unless he wants to get better, maybe you can support him in his recovery if he really wants to do that. I think one thing you could do is rather than saying, if you stop using, I will have a relationship with you, say, I can't stand seeing what you do. Let him know how it makes you feel. Let him know what you see. Mm -hmm. And yeah, make argument. him understand that you will not have anything to do with him in his disease, but that you would support him in his recovery. Exactly. Yeah. How, uh, Lisa... Yeah. Do you know that he's interested in you? Oh, yeah. He, he tells me. His friends tell me. It's quite obvious. He, he's not too shy about it. <laughs> so I, I care about him so much, and I would love to, you know, maybe see if something could happen, but it's just like I, I, I just don't want to be hurt by this any more than I am, you know. Jeez, well, women are so much more mature than men at uh, so well, I, much I earlier in age. And, I feel like a bitch about it, you know, because I'm just no. like, you must not, you know, I don't want to tell him what to do. No, it's right. not being a bitch. No, that, I mean, that is, uh, it hurts you that he is destroying himself, and you don't want to be in the midst of all this chaos. And yeah. he, you don't I have. Think, I think you should just tell him that, as, as uh, Dr. Drew was saying. You know, I think uh -huh. the, the truth is uh, is uh, the best thing here. Powerful. It's not about him. It's about uh, it's about all the drugs and stuff that he's messing mm -hmm. himself up with. Yeah. So okay. Well, give it a try, Lisa. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye. And um, if that doesn't work out, there's always a really boring guy who's sober uh, who you could begin I know, dating. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, you know they're all out there. Uh, uh, and women are constantly... Here's my theory, by the way, John, and um, Drew and I have discussed this. Women are constantly complaining that there's no good guys out there. They're all womanizers, uh, the drug addicts, right. uh, alcoholics. Right. There are plenty of good guys out there who uh, aren't into booze and aren't into abuse. It's just a lot of women aren't attracted to these guys. Well, they, I mean, they, we went to high school with these guys. We work with these guys. You know who these guys yeah, are. Yeah, but we also hear about how much abuse there is in families and how much people go out and try to reenact those abusive relationships. That's what people are trying to do. Right. Yeah. I should have, I, you know, my, my biggest regret in uh, high school was not uh, spreading the rumor that I was an abusive drug addict so I could have gotten some women. Right. Uh, I just had to also, go to the chalk rap. Uh, also, what, men confuse nice with clingy and needy. Right. It's a different thing. You're saying the guys are clingy and needy, and yeah. I'm confusing that with nice. 
Yeah. No, I think he's saying that uh, men think a nice woman is someone who's needy and clingy. No, I'm saying that oh. most guys, when they complain... Don't disagree with John, I'm sorry, by John. the way. I'm sorry, John. No, no, please. Uh, offer an alternative. The alternative is yes, thank that you. Uh, most guys, when they complain about women not being interested in nice guys, are com are un not understanding that they are needy and clingy, and that's what the women don't Right. Like. The guys are showing up uh, with the bow tie, the pomade, and the 40-pound uh, uh, stuffed animal on the first date. And that's what you're talking about, right, Drew? Alex? Yes. You're 25. You're on with John Hyde. Hi. Hey, Alex. Hey, John. Um, I'm just uh, I'm a newcomer to the program again, um, and I was just wondering how long you've been sober. Well, uh, first off, uh, let me just say that I don't affiliate myself with any particular program because uh, if I did... Uh, and I got drunk tomorrow. That wouldn't do that program any good. So uh, I don't I mean, go on record. So far as we present yourself in the media, exactly. Right. Okay, I can totally uh, understand. But I, that but I've been, but I've been me. good. I've been sober uh, thirteen years. Right on. Day at a time. Yep. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was just interested. I mean, uh, it's personal to me because I'm uh, just getting myself sober. And uh, how long? How long you been? Uh, this is my second day. All right, brother. <laughs> I thank you. Um, what? what uh, you you drank then? I guess right. Um, massive pothead with a taste for beer. Are you, are you by yourself? He sounds like the personal ad I put in the uh, weekly. <laughs> Wait a minute, you're uh, no, single actually, and white. I'm uh, currently involved in a relationship. No, 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 no. no. I, mean, I get the sense that you're by yourself. I mean, you're doing this alone. Oh, uh, getting into recovery and everything. Yeah, I mean, I, are you making? I mean, your outreach calls to us. I guess is what I'm responding to. Rather oh well, than no, no, I, I'm, I've been going to meetings right. and I'm uh, getting. I've got a therapist and all okay. that stuff. So, all right. All right. trying to trudge through. Right. Th this kind of call. Uh -huh. Next time you go to meetings, get five phone numbers and continue to make these. Well, kinds actually, of calls. yeah, somebody gave me their card today. But these this call should be the prototype for the calls you make two, three times a day for the next couple of weeks. Because you need a lot of support as you start out here, all right? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, good, that's good advice. I've been about as long as John's been sober. Nice. Well, we've been sober since this morning, both of us. So <laughs> we're winning today. Alex? What? Good luck to you. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, uh, contrary to popular belief, um, it hasn't stifled your creativity, has it? I don't want to oh, put words no, in your mouth. Oh, it's enhanced it, for goodness sake. It's enhanced every aspect of my life. I mean, uh, it's, I, you know, she whiz. I couldn't have... Uh, Adam, now when you stop using that natural herb, your creativity is completely <laughs> obliterated. But my it's simple mathematics, you know. I ha I spent too much time procuring and ingesting drugs and alcohol. I didn't have enough time to be creative. Right. You know, after a while. So. Right. Yeah. Well, it's just a lot of uh, a lot of people, especially younger people, think that um, you know being a drug addict is or being an alcoholic is synonymous with being a artist. Yeah, there is the to the tortured artist uh, thing. Right. That's appealing. But to John's here people, to say you can still be tortured and and perfectly sober. I'm I'm here to tell you that I I prefer less torture, <laughs> more more being happy and more more creativity. Leanne. Yeah. You're 21. Yes, I am. What's happening? Oh, I was wondering um, if somebody like my age could learn to love after not being taught it as a kid or growing up and never receiving it. Hmm. Mm. Isn't there a uh, book on cassette or something like that, Drew? No. All right. Come on. Let's not turn this show into a, 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 a dirge for Christ's well, sake. Uh, it'd be interesting to try to 
answer this question. Uh, I definitely do. Well, there's tons of people who do it. To turn it around like this? Yeah. I mean, uh, most, well, I don't want to say most, but uh, quite a large percentage of this population now certainly comes from homes uh, that were broken, uh, where there's, you know, substance abuse and there's uh, physical abuse and verbal abuse and mommy didn't love daddy and daddy was cheating on mommy. And uh, they um, go on to start their own families and uh, then get divorced. But Yeah, but then later on they remarry and they really work things out. So the point is, is it takes some time. But I think it can be done. What was the quality of the relationship with your parents? Well, actually, I don't know. I was taken from them, like, before I could remember. So you were li- raised in foster homes? Um, no. Um, the family members adopted me, yeah. and then I, from eight, or 13 to 18, I was in state care. And so nobody ever connected with you? You never had any close relationships? No. I mean... I've got a sister, and I love her as a sister and stuff, okay. but I mean, right. like a guy. Well, start there. I mean, start with, the, you, you know how to have a connection with a person. Right? Yeah. Right? You know how to trust somebody. You know how to have warm, close, loving feelings for another person. So you can have those for other people. You just need to find ways to create the safe environment uh, and develop the trust and choose people that are worthy of this, and it will probably take care of itself, I suspect. Okay, and i got another question for you. Yeah. Um, almost a year ago, I went to a doctor, and he found a lump in my breast, and he told me that they can't do the mammograms because I'm too young, and that radiation would cause more damage. But he told me just to sit and watch it grow. Well, cysts your age are extremely common. Uh, and well, they didn't know what it was. They, well, they never did further tests. I understand. Uh, you should get further tests, either an ultrasound and or a mammogram or, and or a biopsy. Well, but, why not a mammogram for someone who's 21? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No, no, no. Uh, I don't know what they were telling you, but I, I don't think I don't believe that's accurate. Uh, and an ultrasound is another way to assess breast lumps that certainly has virtually no radiation associated with it. And uh, certainly that should be carried out. And um, and or biopsy. But breast cyst, it probably they probably pretty clearly is a cyst. And cyst, you don't really do anything with. Well, let me back you up on this one, uh, Drew. I have uh, studied breast for as long as I can remember. Yes. I'm the uh, foremost expert in North America, and I can tell you that everything that Drew says is 100% right, Leanne. Okay, so, I mean, at my age, I really don't have to worry about cancer and stuff? Uh, you always should follow through on these things, but basically uh, it's a very remote risk. Breast cancer especially, right? I mean, you don't hear about that hitting, uh, very, hitting uh, very younger young. folks. Very okay. Good. All right, Leanne. Uh, mammogram, uh, Leo Bliscalia, and uh, you're right on your way. And we'll be back. KUPD. This week on Back and Forth with Sean and Larry King, Modern Family's Eric Stone Street. Honestly, <laughs> the dating apps sort of are, you know, a way in Have which... you use them? Yeah. Hello. You mean I a think girl that's gets so a cool. call from Eric Stone. Well, not a call, but you match. You match up, and then you start texting each other. I don't so know. What do you say, dear Martha? What? Well, I wouldn't date anyone named Martha. <laughs> yeah, they're out. I have an aunt yeah, named Martha. I couldn't get past the automatic. Pa- yeah, I couldn't gone. get past the passion. Oh, Martha. Oh, Martha. <laughs> get to know the real people behind the big names. Coming December fourth, Mark Marin. Did the president come to your house, Larry? No, uh, I came to the White House. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, he was at my house. He said. Larry King's got nothing on you. Download Back and Forth with Sean and Larry King now at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. Hey, it's Ambrola 
Hello, Dr. Drew and John Hyde tonight. We, oh, you all right there, Drew? Thank you for uh, actually leaping into your seat. Phone number 1-800-LVE-191. Forget about the fax number, and we will be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. KROQFM, Pasadena, Los Angeles. The world famous K-Rock. All right, the show is Loveline. I'm Adam Carolla. It's Dr. Drew. Our guest tonight is uh, John Hyatt, who's the songwriter-songwriter and the uh, singer-singer and the uh, husband's-husband and the dad's-dad and uh, the clerk's patron. And uh, it, uh, I lobbied to get John on the show uh, tonight because I had uh, been a huge fan of his for many, many years. But not anymore, right? No, it's all come tumbling down. No, John, uh, you know, somebody said to me today, what if he's a, an incredible a-hole yeah. and uh, just burst your bubble? Right. It, uh, well, I myself was worried about that. And, yeah, I know. And that's he, what's happened. So, and I you, feel badly. You had Drew built up the deity status uh, before you came in. Uh, John is uh, not the kind of guest that uh, we would probably book here on Loveline, considering uh, our show basically is on uh, alternative radio stations and, and aims toward a younger audience. But uh, he's a guy who has something to say. He's hey, I a guy, dig the kids. I dig the and kids. And you do love the kids. And this is a guy who can rock and roll. I'm, uh, every time I've seen him, he's, uh, he's been able to turn it on when it's time to turn it on, and he's uh, been able to belt out a ballad or two. When uh, when that time comes too, and I'm going to see him tomorrow night at the El Rey Theater, and we're going to do one more break with John. So let's go to the phones, and uh, we'll hear something. I, I'd actually like to hear uh, "Have a Little Faith in Me," which is a uh, one that's been covered a few times. We talked about it earlier. And yeah. If uh, you don't mind, uh, it's a favorite of mine. I'd like to hear that tonight too, right. Steve. Yeah. Steve, you're 25. Yes, I am. What's going on? Uh, right now, a lot. Um, uh. Uh, about three years ago, I was diagnosed with a severe depression problem. Actually, that's when I noticed it, and I finally went to the doctor because I was having lots of trouble sleeping, and that's when it came out that the doctor said, I think you've got this depression disorder. And uh, and I never really got to get to the root, to, root of it and what was causing it because I lost my job, and with it, I lost my insurance, so I had to quit going to the doctor. I was on Prozac for like a month. I had to quit taking that. Right, Steve, it, what, what's the question for us? Um, right now, uh, my, my mom just died two months ago today, and that's making things just a lot worse. And uh, So you had been depressed, your depression was not completely treated, and then you lost right. somebody important, and you're probably getting and, uh, very depressed now. Right. Now, when it was just affecting me, that was one thing, and now it's really starting to affect the people around me, the people I care about. But that makes sense, right? I mean, if you're in pain and suffering and having changes in how you... Well, operate every day and how you treat yourself and other people, it's going to affect everybody. It's not so much affecting them. That, I mean, the, the people that uh, that I know are there to help me and that care about me and love me also are the people that I seem to be treating the nastiest right now. And uh, I'm, sometimes I'm to the, uh, almost abusive to them. Drew? I'm sorry. I was uh, I was pulling a John Hyatt CD during the bulk of this yeah, call yeah. and uh, didn't hear all of it. Other than um, Steve is uh, very depressed it, and yeah. on on meds. Yeah, and Drew, meds. hold on a second. Let me uh, hold on one second, for Steve. Let me uh, yell at Drew for just a second. Drew, yeah. And uh, don't take this the wrong way. He Steve, was on call. We he was help on call last. He was on hold for two hours last night and an hour tonight. All right. 
I'm just saying, let's not line them up, you know, one after the other. You don't see any way around it? You can just pick another call. All right. All right, and this is what we got next. Yes, yes. All right, and uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, John. I'm no, sorry no. you had to see this. It's, uh, it's I, embarrassing. I, this is it's like this a little is, lovers' quarrel, right? Is, right in front uh, of the guests. This is live radio. Steve. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Drew, what is your advice? Or John, by the way. Well, I jump in at listen, any time. Uh, Steve. I've been where you where you are. I'm I have a depressive disorder, and I take medication for it, and uh, it does wonderful things. Uh, I've I've been on various medications for the last ten years, probably, and I've had to change them two or three times. And you know, it's a str it's a lifelong struggle. It's uh, the guy that uh, diagnosed me was also uh, a recovering alcoholic and an addict, and he he said, you know, it's like you got uh, it's like two different uh, problems. You got to yeah. treat them both. Yeah, so right. so uh, I believe I believe in modern medicine. I think they've come a long way, and and I know exactly what you're saying about uh, you know you, the first thing you do is uh, you start treating the people you love the most the worst well let's be fair if uh, there are people you didn't know who are immediately surrounding you you'd probably treat them like crap too but uh, you know it's the people that you come in, in contact the people that are they're in your your sights that's because they're there oh, right yeah. they're in the crosshairs easy pickings steve yeah. It, it, the deal is, is um, go back and get some help. Yeah, everybody's been right. through this in in one way, shape, or form. Uh, and some more severe than others. Some here, requiring. Yeah. Here's the thing. You know, you you obviously know that that you don't want to be where you are, or you wouldn't be calling. And that's right. you know that's you know that's Half a good thing. He has yeah. a problem with insurance resources, though, which is a common thing today, particularly when it comes to mental health. But virtually every county has some sort of very substantially reduced uh, health care delivery system, if not free. And uh, they usually are quite good. They're cumbersome. You have to go wait in lines. Adam, you've been through that system. Yeah, I went kid. to the uh, Santa Monica uh, Lesbian Free Clinic. No, no, Clinic. no. Then you, you said you went down to L.A. County one time. Oh, yeah. But that's a good idea. I really made idea. the rounds, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and you can see real quality practitioners, and you may not see them for long, and it may take a lot of hassle to get to them, but they, they can help at least. Right. One was for the penis. The other was for the ankle. Would you but, be willing uh, to do that, Steve? Uh, I put Steve on uh, on hold, but I'll answer for Steve and say right. yes. He will. He, he, uh, I think that's a good uh, solution myself. Alex. Yeah. You're 16. What's going on? Here I am. Um. Hi, Drew. Hi, John. Hi, Alex. Um. Before I ask my question, I want to say a few comments to you, Adam. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. I found a tape uh -oh. called John Jonathan Richmond's song "I Was Dancing in a Lesbian Bar." Yeah. I think I'm going to send it to you. Okay. It's pretty much a kind of song that's good for you. Uh, is, it, is it a, a spoof on a... No, it's just a song that I think you'd like to laugh at. Oh, okay. Well, uh, send it over. Right. And, uh, hell, send the lesbians that danced uh, while uh, at the bar while you're, while you're putting something in the mail. Okay. All right, Alex, what's your question? I'm considering getting my tragus pierced. And I've heard the rumors of, like, if it gets infected, your ears... Oh, that's it. <laughs> Drew has to point. Uh, I failed biology, so uh, what Drew does is he points at the part that people mention. Have a little nub. Right, let's have fun with this. Um, nostril. <laughs> no, you want to point it? No, no, Drew. I'd like you to just point nostril. Uh, lip. Uh, I think Simon says. Uh, what am I doing here? Uh, sphincter. <laughs> Which <No>. one? <laughs> you have more than one? Really? You've been, uh, you've been running with them five-ass monkeys on South Park? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal when you, when you uh, cross cartilage in the ear. Uh, sometimes you can trigger infection or an inflammatory reaction that will start the cartilage to dissolve. And once that process develops, it is extremely difficult to get it to stop, if if not impossible. Right. You end up uh, looking like um, Ernie Shavers. Oh. There's a boxer, the cauliflower ear. It's, it's, uh, 
go with me here. Yeah, Alex, why why do you want to do this? I think it looks nice. It does? Yeah. Have you seen it? No, but um, I'm I'm seeing it in my mind's eye, and I'm, and I, um, I'm not getting excited. Try, try to describe what that is. I've pointed at it for you. Yeah, it's a little where your ear and your head connect, a little nub, and then they put a tiny hoop through it. Right. And it, it's not very noticeable unless you really look at it. Right. And it looks really nice. So it's, it's, it's sort of like where you would normally pierce your ear, you go up an inch, yeah. and you move forward half an inch, and uh, there you have it. Yeah, and why there? Just uh, too conventional to do the lobe? No, I have my lobe pierced. Oh, I see. But I just like how it looks right there. How about instead of getting more earrings, you get a bigger earring? Oh, I, I've seen how that looks, and I don't like it. Yeah, you know, I'm telling you, they look. My grandma has these uh, green clamp-on ones that are just awesome. <laughs> She can't really walk with them on, but she puts them on when she sits down, and then she has a little uh, tote, you know, like, uh, you see the uh, pilots going through the airport with these things? They actually uh, leather attache with the wheels on it. Right. So my grandma carries her earrings that way, and then when she sits down, she puts them on. If the phone rings, uh, there's trouble. All right, Alex, you're 16 years old. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just kind of think that um, piercings and uh, tattoos for me sort of fall under the heading of... Mm, Ten years is going to go by, and you might not be so excited about your decision. And, um, you know, I probably would have done it when I was 16. It's just no one else was doing it. I was uh, too busy uh, following uh, flocks of seagulls. Uh, Please, don't embarrass me in front of uh, the great John Hyatt with uh, exploits of the past. I was young, and I was trying to keep up with the Joneses. That's all. What about the... uh, You you say that it is a a common thing for it to get infected, right? That, That would... I don't know that it's common. It, it's amazing to me how few complications there are from piercings, frank, frankly. But uh, the fact that it is a risk and your whole damn pin out, the whole ear there could kind of dissolve really? or be in real serious trouble. Yeah, that'd be enough to hold me back, yeah. Alex. And that's just me. But Well, you need your ear for um, writing the songs and oh, holding gosh, up I mean, glasses yeah, and I stuff. I wouldn't want to mess up my ears. If, you know, no. Or any, or any, uh, any They're other a tool of your item. trade. Absolutely. Jim. Hello? Jim, you're 34. Okay. You're a funny guy, Adam. Well, thank you. That. Appreciate um, that. Yeah, I am 24, and I've been married for 10 years. Am I too old to be on this show? Mm, you're probably six months older than I am, and I'm hosting it, so. There we go. Anyway, I've been married for 10 years, and I have three children, all of them under four years old. And I find myself now getting um, getting crushes on women, pretty bad crushes. Mm-hmm. You mean you have some intent? Excuse me? You have some... Is, there, uh, is your penis no. acting with malice is what uh, no, Drew no, wants no. to know. Or, or is it just like President Jimmy Carter, ex-President Jimmy Carter? You just... What did he think about lusty thoughts? Oh, he thoughts. said that, didn't he? That's right. Thinking them lusty thoughts. Said that, yeah. Oh, really? He said that in a Playboy interview in 1975. Yeah. Oh, uh... 77. Geez, while he was in office? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. Wow, well, I didn't hear that. Now yeah. he's, uh, he's uh, housing uh, America. He coped to it. Jim... Yes. So you're you're having lusty thoughts. Well, actually, they're not sexual at all. They're just emotional. Oh. Well, that, that, yeah, it, it, I, that's what I was going to say. I don't respect that at all, Jim. <laughs> that's where I draw the line. Sorry, man. <laughs> it, I think uh, something's up in your relationship with your wife. Is she just so preoccupied with the kids that <laughs> your needs are being left behind? Actually, no, I take care of the kids more. Um, because she's overwhelmed and can't? No, she works a lot. And you don't work at all? Well, I work too, but um, yeah, like, that's kind of we have a... Kind of strange setup here, but um, no, we have a good relationship, I think. What do you mean it's a strange setup? What's strange about it? Well, she kind of works at night a little bit, and I I work very early in the morning. I get off early. So. So when do you guys see each other? 
weekends and then uh, a couple of days a week she works part time. Been out on a date with her lately? Yeah. Yeah, we try to go out like every other Friday. By yourselves. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I mean, you think you've uh, you got married too young or something, and um, you just don't have it for her emotionally anymore? No, no, I do love her. I have I have all the emotions, but I just find that if a woman is is, is friendly with me or flirts a lot with me, I'll, I'll get this uh, crush on her. Well, I mean, you know, I have a crush on everyone on, you know, primetime TV. I was just uh, uh, pleasuring myself to friends earlier tonight, so uh, it just sort of r reminded me of that. But, I mean, that's natural. I got a crush on John Hyde. Drew's got a crush on me. Uh, um, John loves uh, Anne. I mean, you know, we're, we're one big uh, one big crush circle here. What happened, huh? Yeah, it could be a name of a song, The Crush, the crush Circle. Oh, actually, you have a song called The Crush. The Crush, yeah. You put the crush on me. I uh, remember well. So, uh, so you do that in Santa Barbara, oh, yeah, about yeah. Uh, 85, 86. So, Jim, maybe you're making more out of these feelings than you should. Well, sometimes they get pretty painful. That's the thing. And I think that they uh, get in the way of my relationship with my kids just because... Uh, well, how, how painful can these emotional crushes get? Well, it kind of, sometimes it feels like I broke up with a girl. It's, it's, it's really strange. I mean, yes. It's like, and it preoccupies my thoughts, thinking about them. Do these women reciprocate? Um... This is yeah, pure, pure so. fantasy. I don't know. Sometimes uh, I won't get one unless unless the girl does something to make me interested. You know, I can't unless I can get one on someone you know on the sidewalk or something. I right. Them. She right. she has to uh, what clear her throat or signal you somehow. Well, if they breathe. No, right. Uh, just um, actually, if they flirt a lot with me. Usually. Well, who's flirting with you, John? I mean, uh, sorry, John, Jim. What? Uh, Ain't nobody flirting with me. I mean, brother. you got to be—you got to be real good looking, Jim. I'm, I'm sizing you up. I'm uh, women at work. Uh huh. At school. And where do you work? Um, I work at the um, uh, uh, aerospace industry. Uh huh. So you don't—you well, don't live in town. Look, something is remiss in your relationship with your wife. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know where the emotions, uh, the, the sort of lack of connection and lack of uh, fulfillment of your needs lie. But there's right. something wrong. And uh, you, you really—if you really were involved in your relationship with your wife, you would not be apt to stray unless there was something about your notion of relationships that was uh, dysfunctional. I mean, did okay. your dad? Did your dad cheat all the time, or leave your mom, or? No, he wasn't alcoholic though. Yeah. Just down that so, so perhaps you know sustained intimate relationships might be difficult for you. Maybe you have to sort of throw in a little bit of chaos to try to distance yourself from it. That's hmm. uh, one of the things that people do. Sometimes when things are good, they they can actually be good, and uh, they're too good. You have to actually sabotage it in some way in order right. to tolerate it. So I, I think maybe the next date uh, he takes his wife on should be the therapist's office. Conceivably. What do you think about that? Sounds wonderful. All right. And yeah, you can't go wrong with that advice. I'm beginning to think that everyone's dad was an alcoholic. <laughs> I think my dad would have been alcoholic, but I think he was just too lazy. He, <laughs> didn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't get down to the uh, liquor store. Mine would have been, but he was too busy gambling and, oh, really? and eating. But you, the, know. You, you know what's funny about gambling? Um, it, it always, uh, as the years wear on, it becomes sort of um, an interesting story. Oh, yeah, your grandpa, he lost the house. And then everyone starts laughing. <laughs> He, gamb like he took the kids' uh, college money, and he, you know, he uh, he, he lost it in a uh, craps game, and it, it, it's sort of there's something romantic about yeah, the, it. The people who don't recover from those losses aren't there to tell you about them. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for that sobering thought, Drew Dunn. Good evening, gentlemen. You're 36. You're on with the um, now legendary John Hyde. Oh, it's a pleasure, John. I, I wanted to, to say uh, how much I enjoy your music. Hey, thank you. 
and uh, I've seen you a couple of times here in Los Angeles, but I had I had occasion to be uh, up in Seattle earlier this week on some business and, and took in the show up there. Oh, at the Moore Theater. Yeah. yeah. It's a great hall. Yeah, it is. And uh, it, it just seemed to me that uh, you were you were even more on uh, there than I've, I've seen you other times. I would just want to get your impression of, of what that show was like for you. If it was, uh... it was a wonderful show. We've we've uh, we've been on fire pretty much this whole uh, fall tour. Don, is that your name, Don? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's up. Uh, maybe uh, you know, time's running out, and I just uh, oh, don't just say going, that. I'm just going wild. No, it was. Uh, it, it was I, I hope you didn't shoot your uh, wad up there because I'm going tomorrow no night. No way, buddy! And, uh, no, it's, it's a it's a great set, a great mix of of, of early stuff, and and the, the new album is great. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I'll tell you what, the band, uh, the Nashville Queens, are are uh, we've really come together, and uh, you know we feel like we're, we're like we're on it. Well, so it, it looks like glad you, to, you guys are having a great it's time. It's glad to hear that uh, that you feel that way. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks, Don. Good night. All right. Uh, John, let's talk about your set tomorrow night. Let me, uh, I don't know. Adam's going to give you a few suggestions. Okay, go Yeah. On. I'm looking at uh, my uh, multitude of uh, John Hyatt CDs here. Uh, first off, um, I know you, you haven't played this one in years, but uh, I'd like to hear uh, Secret Life. You would. Off of uh, All of a Sudden. Yeah. If you could work that in tomorrow night. I'd actually like to play that up on stage with you <laughs> i don't know an instrument yet but the show's not till what nine i think we got plenty of time all right uh, let's see uh you know uh, i'd like to hear uh, uh i'd like to hear um uh, uh, learning how to love you yeah if you could do that yeah. uh not with the band send them off stage okay. and um you uh you just get on the acoustic guitar right. for that all right uh, let's take a look at the uh, slow turning here. Oh yeah, drive south, uh, Tennessee plates. You're on. You're going to do Tennessee plates or drive, drive south? Uh, both of those. Oh, you will. Are you kidding? How about Georgia Ray? Just because you asked. Georgia Ray. Uh, right along. There's a song. Okay. Well, uh, we'll work. Uh, I got a list uh, made up, and if you guys, I mean, you guys are pros. I mean, you could certainly. Allegedly. <laughs> you could certainly play what's on the list. Well. Hey, hey, can I get uh, can I get backstage? I mean, I, I want to get this out. I know this is your last yes. break. I want to get this out while we're on the yes. air, so I have some sort of documentation. Yes, let me go on record saying you are invited to uh, come to backstage. The backstage, and it is quite a scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, but there's oh. plates of uh, of uh, fat free snacks. There's big guy. Uh, gonna go wild. Big tub of Dijonese <laughs> for uh, dipping. Drew, you should really come with me. Your problem is, is you don't get out enough. That's true. You got that wife uh, waiting for you at home, ready to um, um, knit you a new set of nuts every time you walk through the door. Triplets. You need to go out and have a good time with me. We'll do the TV show. we got to tape the TV show tomorrow. And then I'm going directly from the studio to uh, see John Hyde. And I'm going to leave my makeup on because I want to look pretty. Uh-huh. Yeah. Once you, once you see me gussied up in my... Uh, my uh, TV. Clothes. You're gonna try to seduce John, aren't you? You don't want to. Yeah, see. you are gonna do it. I would consider it an honor to um, uh, feel up John Hyde, and I would never uh, wash my hand, uh, mouth, or whatever other part I used. I, I really wouldn't. And if I was gay, you would probably be my type. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's uh, quite a compliment. Well, you know, you're a good-looking guy. You kind of got the got the muscular shoulders. Oh, yeah. You, know, you look like you can take a punch. You know. Yeah. Oh, let, let me tell you, if any guy uh, <laughs> even looked at you cross-eyed, I'd be uh, I'd be all over his ass, John. There's still time for that hypothalamus to uh, to to inflame, isn't there, Drew? 
Well, John, I, I, I maybe not in this lifetime. Yeah, the but, pineal uh, gland is uh, burgeoning forth as we speak. Yeah, possibly you could just have me up to the uh, farm there in uh, Memphis, and uh, you know, just hang we out a little. We got a little crossbreeding operation going on down there that you might be interested in. Yeah, I could fit right into that. <laughs> I could uh, a bit of gene splicing, huh? Come on down. I'd uh, I could work in the nursery. <laughs> All right, uh, John. Oh, jeez. Look at John. Look at all these pictures. Oh, okay. Uh, John, I don't know what else to say. I guess we'll see you tomorrow night. Hey, it's been a pleasure to be on. And to all the people calling in, gee whiz. Yeah. Go out and have a good time, damn it. And uh, I, don't, do I don't know if there's uh, tickets still available uh, tomorrow night at the El Rey. Uh, from the amount of work that it took for me to wrangle uh, a pair, I'm guessing no. There's a few. There's a few. All right. So uh, whether you're um, into John Hyatt or not, I can guarantee you will be after you see him. This is uh, an experience you owe yourself. It is uh, one of these things. It's like a John, uh, seeing a John Hyatt concert is like um, uh, taking a bath. It, uh, pain in the ass uh, takes a little longer than a shower, but uh, it feels so good when you're in there touching yourself. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you very much, John. Thank you. And uh, I hope now, um, whenever you blow through town, you will uh, <laughs> blow through the Loveline Studios. Please. It and, be my pleasure. And, uh, and join us. It was a thrill and an honor. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow night backstage. All right, boss. Thank you very much. So, you want to hear what Heather Dubrow and some of the real housewives of the OC say when they're not on camera? We're going to find out once and for all, does Brooks have cancer? And I think you all want to know if the reports are true that all the girls on the show are banding together and refusing to film with Vicky to push her off the show. Heather Dubrow's World, where you can hear all the things you'll never see on TV. I think the audience has a bullshit meter, and when it starts going up, they don't want to watch. Right. Download Heather Dubrow's World now at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Hey, it is Adam Carolla. That is uh, Dr. Drew. John Heights out there. It's out there uh, signing a few uh, CDs. I'll see him tomorrow night. And uh, the phone number, 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. All right, let's uh, hear that one. This is a um, probably the slowest song we're ever going to play on uh, Loveline, but a, uh, a beautiful, uh, beautiful ballad. And um, I think uh, John was saying that uh, Jewel covered this one, but I can't quite recall. It's called Have a Little Faith in Me. Faith in me. Have a little faith in me. 
Faith in Me. That uh, is John Hyde. That song's uh, probably about 10 years old now. Well, uh, maybe more. And uh, you've never heard on the radio. Because right. uh, we got to hear uh, Pink Houses by John Cougar for the 1500th time. Uh, the genius of radio and uh, radio programming, ladies and gentlemen. There's so much good stuff that's out there that uh, people will never, ever come across. Uh, thank God... The mother station, uh, K-Rock, had the um, good sense to play a little John Hyde back in uh, 81 before they figured out uh, what their format was so that uh, I could catch on to him and then uh, you know, open, up a, uh, open up a whole new world of listening enjoyment. But uh, it is uh, absolutely unthinkable to me that uh, a guy like that, just he just doesn't get the airplay. They'll, someone will cover it, and uh, it'll get the airplay. But uh, they don't give it to him himself. Absolutely amazing. Or at least out here in L.A. But uh, it's all right. We'll, uh, we'll listen to Maneater from Hall & Oates. <laughs> so uh, we can lower the collective IQ. Further. Further. As if uh, we weren't stupid enough, uh, we got to be dummied up by Maneater. Which uh, was... Um, they... People don't understand this heady stuff. You can't give them this. Yeah, listen. Listen. If... Um, if if you gave people this instead of the that uh, John Mellencamp crap, um, they would eat it up just the same way. But uh, the radio guys know more. Philip, yes, sir. You're 15. Uh, yes, I'm a long time listener and first time caller. I know you used to want to hear from people like that. Right, that was like a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, here's why. Um, speaking of the genius of radio programming, uh, I live in San Antonio, Texas. Mm -hmm. The station that used to carry your show was in Austin. It was 101X. Mm -hmm. About nine months ago, they canceled it and replaced it with an invitation show called Love Phone. Mm -hmm. And it does not compare at all. The humor of the guy is nothing compared to your humor and the expertise of the 
a woman who calls herself a doctor does not compare to Dr. Drew at all. This is a 15-year-old uh, making this assessment, <laughs> understanding this assessment. I yeah. I don't even think she's an MD, but anyway. She's well, not, uh, she's even, even at the tender age of 15, you probably are wiser than uh, most of the uh, program directors across this great land of ours. Possibly. <laughs> but um, anyway, what I wanted to say was that... Uh, Radio uh, radio guys are too stupid for TV. Uh, think. Let's all hold on. Let's just think about this concept for a second. You're too dumb to make it into TV. Think about that. <sighs> Sounds right to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it had to do with some sort of uh, conglomeration buyout deal. deal. It's yeah. it's a business deal. It's not that uh, they didn't get ratings with our show. It's not that they didn't like our show. It's just, uh, it's turning in, actually, radio's no different than the rest of the world, which is, it's just turning into one yeah. big company. Yeah, there are a couple of big companies, it's consolidating. Right. And uh, when your company then buys out another company, then all the little affiliate stations Have carry to play this one, stuff, then yeah. they got to do that. And, uh, and who gets hurt in the big picture, Drew? The, the little the, guy. The Phillip. The, the Phillips of the world, yeah. without a voice. I feel like somebody took a dump in my tub, you know? <laughs> I don't, I don't have the nightly love line fix. I know that pain. Well, maybe if you listen, I've never heard love phones, but maybe if you listen long enough, it'll grow on you. Hey, well, can't, hey, Mike, and your Mike, Mike, can't they listen to love line via the, the online through the, through, uh, KXRQ? Oh, the, hey, all right, Philip, uh, our engineer is going to come yeah. on the air. God forbid, uh, John, uh, engineer Mike would share that with the, yeah. the rest of the country. Well, it's a computer. I've actually okay. basically you can get there's an online site you can get it you can listen to it from. I've I've talked to engineer Mike on AOL. Oh, you have right, and he told me to go to Portland right. um, radio station, and I tried that and I got real audio, mm -hmm. and it was really slow. I mean, I think it's just my system. That's just Adam that night. Yeah, I'd had a quaalude and a six pack, and uh, it wasn't up to speed. Well, I don't know about that, but it was it was really behind, and it just it wasn't any good. And I was wondering if y'all could like. If somebody could possibly call the radio, any radio station in the San Antonio area, and see if they carry them, because I think some of them, you know, haven't. I don't know of your solicitation policy, but I don't know if they've even. Uh, Drew and I don't even know what cities we're on in. That's how involved we are uh, with the process. Uh, I'm, sh you know, uh, San Antonio is a fairly uh, nice sized city, and I'm sure somebody is making some effort. Uh, okay, screw that. No one's doing anything. <laughs> I have no idea, Philip. I uh, I feel for you, but if we'll put you on hold and you can talk to Engineer Mike, and if he can um, switch his brain from the pornography mode <laughs> into the uh, helping the youth of America mode instead of helping his own genitalia mode, you can speak to him off the air, and uh, he'll tell you how to find our voices via the home computer. Engineer Mike, you gonna do that? Yeah, he's doing it now. Gloria. Yeah. Hey, you're 19 year on Loveline. Hey, Adam Drew, it's so cool being on. Um, happy holidays to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. But um, I'm trying to get into the Army Reserve, and in order to get in, I have to pass the ASVAB, which is the aptitude test. And I think that I'm behind an ASVAB <laughs> test for all women. Uh, ASVAB. I, uh, where? ASVAB? Yeah. Okay, and? And, um... And a full physical, which includes a pelvic exam. Mm -hmm. And my problem is that my recruiter is picking me up tomorrow, and mm -hmm. we're going to go and take care of the tests. But I started my period tonight, and so I was wondering if it was possible for a doctor to do a pelvic exam on a Can't they? You can, but uh, he or she may elect to postpone it or do it at a different time. Uh, I know if it was up to me or she, uh, I would elect. <laughs> 
to uh, just uh, go ahead and wait uh, wait out the storm, as they yeah. say. It's not that big a deal. Right? Uh, although, uh, I'll tell you, I don't want to alarm you, Gloria, but um, in the military, they don't have doctors. This, uh, this is procedures done by a drill instructor. <laughs> And uh, he comes out there. It's a large black man with a shaved head. And he says, uh, you love your vagina, don't you? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, um, also I've never had a pelvic exam done before. Uh, so I wanted to know if you have any advice. Um, just relaxing. They give you a spoon to bite on, yeah, don't they? Yeah, just relax. understand it's a normal part of health screening. You're going to have to get used to it and do it every year. It's like going to the dentist or any other unpleasant Healthcare activity is just another I've one. I've always thought this is what I do to relax. I talk to the doctor. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. yeah well, get, get, getting the, that individual to tell you what they're doing, what they're going to do, what to expect, and to just talk, talk you through it. It yeah. goes by faster. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, you'll concentrate on what talk you're you doing. Talk you through it. Maybe a he. What yeah, kind whatever. of what kind of chat? Just uh, well, how about them clippers? I mean, what I kind of people, what kind some of talk people will to get start into? a story they they know is going to take a long time to to tell. They'll start to concentrate. They'll, they'll talk, you know they they say excuse me, but I want I'm going to you know. I'm, you mean like when you're probing around the either, uh, rectum? Either drawing blood or those sorts of exams or pelvic exams. People sometimes uh -huh. launch into these stories as a way of distracting themselves. Does it? Uh, but do they ever alter it like they're going? Um, when I was uh, nine, I went fishing with my grandfather, and uh, we we're out um, doing some freshwater fishing. And uh, anyway, my grandfather went and put his finger in my ass. <laughs> Did they ever? Uh, uh, the, the, they ever the, do that? Often, that change of tone <laughs> and inflection, but the content doesn't change quite so dramatically. I see. So it's like, so uh, my grandfather went back to the tackle box, and yeah, yeah. He, uh, Got a, it's uh, not that long of a procedure. It's it over isn't? very quickly. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, maybe I should describe what it is, just so people understand. Yeah, go ahead and do yeah, that. What, 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 we'll, what a doctor will do, we'll take a speculum, which is like a, um, how it, would you describe it? It's this? like a mallard uh, duck beak. Duck, a duck bill, yeah, that would, opens up at the end. So It looks like something uh, you would use to uh, scoop ice cream. Uh, it, it's like in Blade Runner, it's what the ice cream shop would have. Okay. And it goes into the vagina and opens. And you have to sort of a push down to get the cervix to pop into view. And so there's some pushing and shoving associated with that. No, you, right, that's true. Don't say listen, shoving. No, because say, women say wonder mild, what... Say mild pressure. Listen, okay, mild pressure. That can sometimes, it's not mild, by yeah, the way. Yeah, can sometimes feel uncomfortable on, at that Anne. point. Uh, then a typically a stick and a brush. A brush is actually put into the cervix, the, the hole in the middle of the cervix, the cervical mouth or os, to try to scrape some cells from the lining the mm -hmm. junction between the cervix and the uterus. And the, the stick is used to scrape the outside of the cervix. Mm -hmm. And then those things are looked at under a papadiculous stain. Uh, the doctor will then remove the speculum and then put their hands inside, one hand inside and one hand on top, to try to feel the uterus, feel the ovaries, to make sure there's no abnormal growth. Uh, one hand... Uh, one hand on the cervix and one hand on top. Uh, uh, like a quarterback uh, getting under center? Exactly. Oh, uh, exactly. Did they do that thing where they take that towel and flip it over the belly and then start audibilizing? Wait, there is a towel there. It has to be flipped up. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Jeez, I, I swear, if I ever flipped that towel and put my hands together in that way and started to crouch down a little bit, I would just immediately start barking out signals. Red, 22! And then I do that thing where I lift one foot a little bit so I can send the nurse in motion. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. Am I the only one who thinks I'm funny? Is it time for a break? We already have that. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. Here's...
Number, forget the fax number. Hey, is that the uh, Smack My Bitch Up song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cruise yeah. into that video. I am into how much of a parody that song is and how seriously everyone's taking it. Yeah, that, that to me is uh, again the ignorance and the foolishness of our public, that, or at least of the people in charge, that they don't uh, look a little bit harder at the stuff they're examining. Well, it seems uh, what we do as a society is we ignore a lot of the day-to-day and real-life um, uh, ills of society. And then some singer comes out with a song or uh, some rap act comes out with a, with a record. And then we all jump on that. It's almost, a form, it's almost like compensation yeah. for not really doing anything right. uh, about before. The real thing, right. right. Karen. Yeah. Yeah, you're 19, you're on Loveline. Yeah. Yeah. You've been on hold for 115 minutes, and uh-huh. Drew, you have to get your chair out from under the table. Please. What does it do I beg you. It, it, what do you mean? It's 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 like um, it's like uh, uh, Knott's Prairie Farms uh, haunted shack in here every time you lean back. I'm uh. oh, sorry, Karen. Go ahead. Oh, okay. The table lifts. He's saying when I. No. Um. Yeah. I don't. Okay. How to say it as a question. I'm perpetually unhappy. Mm-hmm. I don't... I know you guys are, like, tired of hearing the, the unhappy thing. No, we're not tired of hearing the unhappy I am uh, frustrated with the lack of access or lack of... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? People don't take advantage of the resources out there to manage this problem. I mean, you heard John Hyatt a half hour ago talk about modern medicine and how he's been on medication for many years and how it's changed his life. And if somebody who has a chronic recalcitrant depression uh, is miserable and it's affecting their ability to function in life, particularly a young person who's otherwise healthy, um, yeah, I always you know, hear the thing about the the real happy people are like the ones that are crazy. Well, mm. you, you want to look into getting help for your you chronic only see those people when they're happy. Uh, they have uh, violent swings. Uh, believe me. Uh, you know what? If you could sort of uh, substitute the word happy for um, contentment or uh, right. inner peace, right. uh, you'd, you'd, uh, that's a, that is a much um, loftier but um, um, more, more ambitious yeah. goal. You, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, when you think in terms of, well, how can I make myself happy? You think, well, how can I get a new hairdo or a new boyfriend or a new car? Ultimately, you give that to uh, anybody who's unhappy, and it's just a temporary fix. I mean, it's just a Band-Aid. Ultimately, if you're doing what you want to do, if you're having the kind of relationships uh, you want to have, if you're treating people uh, the way you want to treat them or they deserve to be treated, then uh, there's some contentment, and from that comes uh, happiness. Would you say? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's painful for you to agree with me, Drew. <laughs> uh, listen, when I was 19, I wasn't happy. Drew, were you happy at 19? Absolutely not. No. Hey, and you know why you're not happy at 19, theoretically? It's because you're not where you want to be. It's not where you want to be uh, professionally, you know, like from a career standpoint. It's not where you want to be emotionally. Your, with your relationships. With your relationships, uh, perhaps uh, current relationships, perhaps relationships from the past. Physically, that's, you're just trying to grow into a, a body that's new. Right. And, and that, that kind of my body. Well, I mean, you're, you're just, you've just gone through puberty, and you're ch- still changing physically a lot. And your brain is changing. It's under the influence of a lot of hormones now that uh, change its biological state. And, but what I'm saying is, is that's good because that then creates some change. 
I mean, I was 19, and thank God I was miserable because I was cleaning carpets or digging ditches. It depends uh, what uh, what month you caught me in. And it made me miserable and it made me want to start pursuing things I wanted to pursue so that I could feel better. If I was uh, happy uh, at 19, I'd then be digging ditches at 33. And uh, Drew would be um, uh, leeching off his parents and um, living in some college town um, as a frat mascot. <laughs> I don't know what you did at 19, Drew. But, uh, Karen, it, don't walk around and think that everyone's happy and uh, and you're not. Believe me. But if, if you really are chronically uh, disturbed, miserable, take advantage of treatment that's out there. Yeah, stuff uh, that didn't seem to be around when uh, we were miserable. Oh, boy. Here's a name. Uh, Tova? Yep, that's oh. me. From uh, Fiddler on the Roof? <laughs> <laughs> I think Wait, that was... To, uh, Tova, um, that was a, he was the actor, yeah, wasn't it? It wasn't Tova, though. It wasn't? If I was a rich man. Oh, yeah, Ernest Borgnine's wife. Te, no, Tevia, but, but the guy, the actor's name was like Tova, something like that. Topol, there you go. Topol? Yeah. Topol. Really? Well, he's got a lawsuit. All right, Tova. I mean, uh, Topol. <laughs> What's going on? You're 25. Well... I just got back from a three-week visit with my mom. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a find. Catch me a catch. Is that from Fiddler? Yeah, but he doesn't sing that. Oh. And it, I've boy, huh? come oh, to sorry. realize every time I get back from a visit from my mom's, I have a re two reoccurring dreams. The first one is I've got, like, this huge wad of bubble gum in my mouth and I cannot get it out, and, like, my teeth are falling and getting caught in this gum, and mm -hmm. I'm just, like, crunching on my teeth as my teeth are falling well, out with this bubble gum. At least you're not being beaten with your own genitalia. like uh, My I experience with those kinds of dreams are usually because you're grinding your teeth at night. Okay. So so something's making you grind your teeth. Well, yeah. But my, my so you make your mom make you uptight? Very. Oh, yeah. Yeah, our visit, it was a three-week visit, and it was, like, Everything about me, she just totally picked apart. Right. And I have a two-year-old daughter, and she was constantly telling me there's something wrong with my daughter. My daughter's too hyper. Normal kids don't act this way. All right. So your mom is uh, overbearing and critical. Intrusive. Intrusive. Yeah. You know, and it's like telling me that um, that since I, I, I gained a lot of weight with my daughter, and I haven't lost all of it. I have, like, 15 pounds to go, but I was underweight when I got pregnant. Right. And I'm, I'm content with myself, and she's, you know, t she's, like, had a dinner party, and she literally took the dessert away from me. What, what was the other dream? The other dream is I'm a really small child, mm. and the r room is, like, spinning, and I'm just, like, being shaken. Yeah, I mean, so, so this, yeah, I mean, just, just a, a, a sort of superficial interpretation is, Mom is intrusive, annihilating, and really never supported you as a young child to develop out of the young child position. No. And she tried to annihilate any genuine feelings of self that you developed. Jamie? Yeah. I'm getting to you very quickly. You're the last call of the night. You're 20. What is your question? Yeah, I just wanted you to recommend a John Hyatt uh, favorite or best album. Mm. It's uh, tough because I love them all. Um, I would, uh, if you're in a sort of rock and roll mood, uh, I would go with uh, one called Perfectly Good Guitar, which uh, came out a couple of years ago. Um, the uh, older stuff would be uh, Bring the Family, uh, Slow Turnin'. Um, 
He uh, just wants ACD that he can get started with. Tell oh, him okay. one. Pick one uh, for him. I would go with, uh, I'd go slow turning. Slow turning. Yeah. Or uh, bring the family. Or, uh, Pick one for him. All right. Uh, bring the family. <laughs> All right, but you got to listen to it. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? John Hyde's not one of these guys you put on and you start banging your head immediately and go, oh, my God, no, i got to no, hear no. that. He's like Man Morrison. You listen to him all the way through. Right. You listen to him. You listen to the lyrics. You listen Absolutely. to what's what's behind it. And uh, I'll tell you, when you're uh, driving at night and you put in that uh, John Hyde tape or CD, it is just uh, there's something uh, almost haunting about it. Um, I'm glad uh, if I could in any way enlighten the uh, Loveline listeners to... Uh, to the brilliance that is John Hyde, and I appreciate you asking, Jamie. Well, I thank you. We I can't... love you guys, and I'd vote for your government and your uh, weed without seed. Thank you. I'll uh, make you the uh, Minister of Propaganda, and we'll be back. Ernie, the world's fastest drummer for Loveline. Too high when I'm not drumming up a storm. <laughs> what was the rest of it? Loveline will be right back. If it's not, sue me or something. That, that, oh. that you could do uh, as a kindergarten. Right, right. All right, we'll uh, finish this conversation in a second. I want to thank uh, the beautiful Lisa and the lovely Sherry for being so respectful tonight to the great John Hunt. I want to thank the fabulous Anne, who really, uh, if she had a uh, second hymen, it would have broke trying to get John Hyatt on this show. She uh, Countless uh, phone calls, countless faxes, and uh, she finally made it happen. And uh, for that, I'll ever be in- indebted. Or uh, at least until you can't get the next person I want on, and then I'll be pissed off. So I want to thank Danny, the one producer, Ann, for uh, all that. And, of course, uh, the uh, freshly cut One Nut Wonder engineer, Mike, for doing a marvelous job as usual. So until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions. That's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.